Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe and ring that notification bell so you are notified each time we have a new episode hit on YouTube. And today's episode I'd like to dedicate to my father. This week marks four years since he passed away. And I know if he were still with us, he would listen to the show if he could figure out how to put podcasts on his phone. And I know he would listen. He wouldn't understand exactly what we were discussing, but he would do it just to support me. And that's why I'm going to dedicate this episode to my father. I miss you. I love you. And I hope this episode makes you proud. And today we are going to talk about the ongoing topic that is the Bloomberg article discussing the Switch revision for 2021. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. What's going on, Nate? Great to be here. And I know we've been wanting to do this for a while. And um, I'm I'm very, very excited about the discussion we're going to have uh, today. Yes, this is going to be a very in-depth discussion, I would say. We're going to deep dive the Bloomberg article and also some recent topics that have come up just in the last few hours talking about the exact same topic. And we're going to start with the recent video that Digital Foundry did where they speculated a bit about what the Switch revision discussed in the Bloomberg article could be. And we're going to start with that one only because it has caused quite a stir in social media circles, specifically forums, Reddit, Twitter, where they went on to say that they believe, at least speculative-wise, that the revision in the Bloomberg article may actually be something more minor. It'd probably be a refresh that simply introduces an OLED screen, but would continue to use the current Tegra X1 chip that the Marico units use. And I've seen people say, well, that kind of goes against what other insiders have implied, myself being one of them, that it would be a brand new SOC. It would have 4K functionality achieved with DLSS. And how I want to address this topic is that what they are speculating and what I am saying, neither one negates the other. We don't erase each other. We're simply talking about two different products. And I'd like to discuss the idea that maybe Nintendo is going to introduce a third revision that uses the exact same hardware that we have in our Switch, but with a bigger, better screen. And I'll start with asking you this. How realistic would it be for Nintendo to simply revise the current Switch, but just introduce it with an OLED screen at 7 inches, keep the current internals, charge us 299 we have to you know look at df's you know discussion on this as they're pretty much going off of information that they've seen in reports and and data and data mines right so um rich talked about the data mine of the firmware with the new with the new profile and the bloomberg article so in their mind, they may not necessarily know anything else other than those things. So they're kind of reporting on just the facts, if you will, right? So any of the speculative discussions around SOCs and and um, you know performance boosts, um, increased clock speeds, increased memory frequencies, all that stuff, they may not be privy to. 
So I think with that said, what's the likelihood of two revisions? Um, look, it's Nintendo and anything is possible. I mean, let's be honest, right? It, that could well be something that, that may happen where we do see a, a refresh of the current Switch and then there's a new model. And, you know, we've talked about a, a dockable-only Switch in the past um, as, as something that they may be looking at. But look, if you ask me what my gut says, I think it's one and the same. And I think somewhere in the middle of this is the real, you know, the actual hardware that, that we're going to get. And that's the, that's the difficult part. I, I don't think DF um, has all the answers. And I don't think that we know all the answers. But somewhere in the middle, I think, is, is you know, what, we, what we're going to see. Now, with that said... Do can you you know would you bring out a switch that's 720p with an OLED screen but no other changes? That doesn't even sound like anything really substantial to me. You know that sounds like a silent refresh almost. Um, maybe not a silent refresh because people would notice. Obviously, there was an OLED screen; things would look better. <laughs> but it also goes against um, you know Takahashi's uh, Bloomberg report. Um, from earlier uh, in the year and last year talking about how developers are you know are looking developers are being kind of um, told get get your games 4k capable right so so there's also that aspect of this as well that hasn't wasn't really addressed I guess in the DF discussion they did mention 4k and they did mention some type of upscaling but you know, if it's really just a, a refresh, as in just a, you know, a, a revision almost, um, then it seems more substantial than that to me. So I, I feel like they're, they're just going off the information that is either was either reported on or found in a, a data mine. Yeah, it's definitely curious. And, you know, I would simply amend my expectations in the sense of, what I've previously have discussed, the 4K new SOC DLSS model, I still stand behind 100%. Mm-hmm. The only amendment that I would add to this point is perhaps that that is not the model that Bloomberg was discussing in their report per se. If Takashi's information is accurate mm-hmm. and developers are being told, you know, get your games 4K capable, then... You know what DF is saying is is not really it's it's not really matching with what with what DF is saying, right? Like there would be no need to do that if it's if it's if all it's going to be is just a a revision of the current switch as we know, so right? There's obviously something more there that that is missing uh-huh. from that information. Yeah, and I could view the Bloomberg article as it likely does not have all the information. If we view that article. I would read it as they have a source at Samsung who has seen the order manifest for the OLED screens going to the client of Nintendo. Now, that means they also wouldn't know the exact use of these screens as to what model it would go to. So if we do entertain the idea that this is just another Tegra X1 revision, OLED screen, and production is going to begin in June for the screens, July for assemblers of the switch revision itself now that discussion about launch timing changes because the variables that we have discussed are completely different we could 
actually feasibly see this type of product release in September or October. You would introduce this type of revision, maybe two, three million models, and you'd gradually bring them onto shelves. But they'd also be accompanied by the current switch or the red box switch that we have now and the switch light. So you'd still have bountiful stock. You're not coming out to launch a brand new platform or a premium model, which is what I have alluded to several times. So this does have some sort of basis in reality. It's something that I can neither confirm nor deny. This is not a product I have heard about. And the reasoning for that would be a a developer wouldn't need to be briefed solely on a screen change. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That that just doesn't make sense to me uh, at all. Now, I mean, this... Does that fit Nintendo's MO? Yes. Because if this OLED screen is cheaper than what they are currently using, then as Nintendo, you're going to go for that cost-saving measure. You could keep the price at $299, get that cheaper screen, increase your profit revenue a little bit more, and the screen is going to be, you know, it's, it's going to look really good at 720p at a 7-inch display. That color is going to pop. The contrast is going to be high. It's going to be a nice, crisp, clean image and no one's gonna have a problem with that and that does kind of suit nintendo and because this is almost a screen that's it's not quite an inch bigger but it's close enough if nintendo really wanted to come out and market it as a switch xl they could just from that point of marketability of saying look we have a new switch it's a little bigger this is for the older individual who needs a slightly bigger screen because our eyes are tired and we can't see that six inch screen so it does give them that option and that's where i'm i'm kind of sitting at it right now saying i'm open to that idea but as i emphasized earlier what i've talked about in prior episodes and even over the course of this last week there is still another device out there from nintendo that is dlss equipped it is a new soc and it is targeting a release of either late 2021 or early 2022. That has not changed. Mm-hmm. These yeah. will just be two devices that co that coexist, mm-hmm. and that's something I want to emphasize because I see people saying, "Well, if they're saying this, but we have this information from other insiders, which one's the truth?" They both can be the truth. One doesn't erase the other, and that is something I want people to take to heart. No one is necessarily going to be wrong in this case. Both can coexist. Both can come to market. And once people are open to that idea of Nintendo found a new, better, cheaper screen to replace the Switch with, it makes a lot more sense for Nintendo as that company to actually do that. And then have in the back of your mind that Nintendo is going to introduce a more premium model, a new Nintendo Switch or a Switch Pro, whatever you want to brand it, that will also come out a little later down the line. Because as I said, this OLED model, if we look at that manufacturing time frame that the Bloomberg article did give, you could potentially have that release as early as September. And that was something that people were reading the article and saying, man, could the Switch Pro actually come out in September or October? And I went against it because you're not going to bring a high-end model with only a couple of million units to market. You're going to face significant shortages. And that's not what you want. We're already seeing that happen with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S. If Nintendo can avoid it, they will. 
But now when you look at it as potentially just an OLED revision, it kind of makes a little more sense that timing. And then if we now think about it as the Switch Pro with the 4K DLSS coming out in early 2022, that means that wouldn't enter manufacturing or production until maybe October, maybe even September. And that's a variable that is so radically different than what we were previously discussing. Yeah. And it makes a little more sense. But again, I I can't confirm or deny the idea of the OLED revision being its own thing with Tegra X1. I'm simply entertaining that as a realistic possibility. And it's one that people should consider. But again, I emphasize that is not the hardware I've been talking about. It is not the 4K DLSS equipped hardware. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about an entirely different piece of Nintendo hardware. I 100% still support it. I'm still backing that up. And I do believe we will see that be released or at least announced in Nintendo's upcoming fiscal year. I am not backing down from that. I'm incredibly confident in that. And you can take that to the bank. I um I wouldn't back down from that either. Like it's it's time for this now, you know, and um if they brought out an OLED revision of the current Switch, that would be cool because we've seen that happen with like the PlayStation Vita, you know, well but they kinda went the opposite direction, right? Um so that's definitely something they could do, but it doesn't it doesn't, you know, resolve the issue and that is, you know, we're into the fourth year now and there are, are games that are starting to struggle. You know, we are listening to companies like Panic Button coming out and telling us now that they wouldn't want to work on PlayStation 5 and, and Xbox Series X ports across to the Nintendo Switch. There is going to be that hard deadline, that hard limit of what is possible on, on the current current hardware, which is just not going to get resolved if it if it's just a OLED update to the current Switch, right? So, yes, I, I think that the information and what we believe hasn't changed. I do think there will be an enhanced version of the of the Switch. There will be a revision, a Switch Pro, um, whatever you want to call it. And I guess the other thing I want to mention is, um, you know, DF's uh, information, their, their podcast was, was very interesting to, to listen to those guys discuss. But... We also have to remember that this was not a a um, a report from them. This was not a Eurogamer article. This was not a Richard Ledbetter, you know, post that he would normally post about stuff like this. If he's if there's any information that he has to share, so they're just kind of really speculating as much as what as what we are at this time. And um, mm-hmm. I think ultimately, you know, people that did look at the DF uh, stuff. Um, just keep an open mind about um, about things because nothing's really changed. You know, it's going to be um, a lot. You know, over time, it's going to be more difficult for games to get get made on the Switch, and it needs that it needs that boost. And I think you're right, Nate. I think you know nothing's really changed. I I, just, I, I believe that we will see that revision of the hardware as well. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action-adventure. Yes. 
Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Yes, I mean, one thing I will say, and it was my place to do it and I failed to do so, so I do take full responsibility of it, is that whenever I had discussed the Bloomberg article, I should have prefaced it with the intro of if this is the same hardware that I have heard about, then I should have continued on. Mm -hmm. So when I was talking about potential release windows, I should have opened with that line of if this is the same hardware, because there is that possibility, as we have just discussed, that if the Bloomberg article is an OLED revision, then it is not the hardware I'm discussing. And I don't want people to conflate the two of that I was intentionally misleading or that I was misinformed. It was more a case of you have a reputable outlet like Bloomberg coming out saying, we're reporting a new switch is coming out later this year. It has 4K. It has a better screen. And when you're hearing information on your side about the 4K DLSS new SOC switch, it's kind of it's it's kind you're getting checks mm -hmm. in certain boxes. Yeah. So it's easy to say, OK, well, that's likely the exact same product that I've been hearing about. And that's my fault. That's a case of I needed to be clearer with exactly what I was looking to deliver in terms of information. So I, I take that as my responsibility to be more concise. And it's not to mislead people. It was just, it's a lapse in judgment of generalizing and seeing uh, you know, the outlet come out and say, new switch, hey, I'm hearing about a new switch late this year. Yeah, I'm hearing potentially late this year. Who wouldn't assume they're one and the same? Right. But I should not have done that because there is that possibility. It is just another revision of the current switch with a new screen. And the model I'm talking about may just be introduced six months later. Yeah. I, That's I, something, you know, we have to wait and see. I, I think it's the same. Honestly, I, I think it's the same system. Um, and we're just we're going to learn more about it um, mm -hmm. throughout the course of, of this year, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. And look, you know, the other thing that we have to keep in mind here is nothing is ever final, right? Like um, this could all be on on dev kits or in Nintendo's R and D lab, but it all all it takes is one firmware update to disable a bunch of features or enable a bunch of new features that we haven't seen yet, right? So there's just so much that's still unknown out there, and um, you know, we we have to keep that in mind as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, so I want to move into the Bloomberg article itself where they wrote that Samsung will start mass production of a 7-inch 720p resolution OLED panel as early as June with an initial monthly target of just under a million units. These would then be shipped to assemblers around July and that they would then, you know, they begin their actual production into switch units themselves but bloomberg also went as far as saying the latest model will also come with 4k ultra high definition graphics when paired with tvs that could intensify a long-standing complaint of developers who have struggled with the difference in resolution between handheld and tv modes and now face a bigger gap between the two 
Yeah. That's where... <laughs> I, I made a video on this, and um, I was a little confused at that at that line. Um, as someone who has already shipped um, one Switch title and another one is just about to go, about to be shipped, I don't have that experience with handheld and dock mode. Now, granted, um, I'm not working on AAA titles, and that may be a completely different user experience. But for me, I don't really have any issue with, you know, the resolution gap. And, and if it if it was 4K handheld, uh, sorry, if it was 4K in docked mode, um, that resolution kind of spread, that, that increase doesn't really make much difference. I think it's, it, I mean, it's obviously something that needs to be certified and pass lot check both in handheld and dock modes. And there's that added, I guess, that added development time just to make sure that your game is is running fine on both and it's not looking weird um, or it's on a, a, you know, a funky resolution on, on, you know, on dock mode or on handheld mode. But generally speaking, it's pretty standard to, you know, to do so. I did find that that comment a little interesting to to listen to, but you know, d- different developers have their own opinions and their own experiences as well. So I, I definitely don't discount it. Now, one big topic that's been going around, I guess you would almost classify it as a debate, is Nintendo's decision to use a 720p panel again, and I honestly don't see why this was a topic of debate because we know. 720p panels, especially at this size, it can deliver a very crisp, clear image, and it mostly comes down to pixel density as opposed to the resolution itself. But some people would say, oh, I have that Vaseline look. That wasn't the flaw of the screen as much as the game that was being rendered. It was likely sub-720p, yep. which created the Vaseline blurry image, But when you achieve 720p native resolution, you can look to a game like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That is a beautiful looking game in handheld mode. And people said, well, why not go for that 1080p screen? And there's a lot more cons than pros going from 720p to 1080p, especially in a six to seven inch range. Yes, um, you nailed it. The dynamic resolution on the Switch is is really what's going to give you that Vaseline effect. So if you think about a game like Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles, where, you know, it's notorious for dipping to as low as 360p in handheld mode, the, that game would would really benefit from a locked 720p handheld display. I mean, it's going to look absolutely gorgeous, especially on an OLED display at 720p on a 7-inch screen. I think, you know, that's really all that Nintendo needs to do there. And that to me, look, 720p is 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 fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that at all. And if you do bring in OLED as well, it's going to look crystal crystal clear. It's going to look fantastic. Like just nothing that you've ever seen before on a handheld device. Now, someone in the comments is going to tell me that their cell phone does 4K HDR, right? But a cell phone to buy outright will cost you a thousand dollars, right? Like the, you know the 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 newest Samsung Galaxy or whatever the the phone of of, of you know of, of the moment is right now. 
and it's not really the same thing. It's not the same. It's not even the same ballpark. You know, we're talking about a a gaming console that that exclusively plays games, and Nintendo is very very mindful of battery life and making sure that you know battery life is maintained and maximized, and you can at least get a four plus hour experience on a handheld system for a Nintendo Switch. So. I think 720p is fine. I think if more games, um, you know, if, if we are talking about the revision, which, you know, I think we are, um, mm-hmm. more games will lock at 720p in handheld so there won't be those dynamic resolution dips or at least it will it will mitigate those so it won't be as, as you know, as frantic as, as how Xenoblade Chronicles does or even, even other games, even Doom Eternal, um, which is a fantastic game you know, port, it does drop its resolution, you know, because they want to maintain a 30 FPS, you know, um, frame rate on the game. Those types of games will benefit from, you know, 720p. It will, it will look really good. So I, I'm, I'm fine with the decision. I think it's a smart one and on paper, it, it may disappoint some people, but I think this is a case of, take a look at it you know in person and then kind of make up your own decisions at that point yeah i mean when i play a game on the switch 720p it never really crosses my mind that it's a low resolution it looks good especially when it's at that native 720p as we mentioned and if that is the resolution they continue to use for the new nintendo switch or switch pro i'm not going to have a problem with that if the games consistently hit 720p because when you look at the Switch now, very few games do hit that native resolution. Mm-hmm. So if you can guarantee that the majority are hitting native 720p, you're going to have a very enjoyable portable experience with the games you're playing. And this is a question I have seen come up or some speculation that I have seen mentioned. And people are assuming that if the unit itself does support DLSS, that means in handheld mode, it would also support DLSS so if you had an image drop down like Doom Eternal to 540p or maybe slightly below, that you'd have DLSS enabled and you could then upscale it to 720p to create a very welcoming image. Now, I don't have confirmation, nor do I have information to dismiss this. I am not aware if DLSS is enabled in handheld mode. So... What we're going to talk about here is just hopes and speculation. Yeah, and I would be I would be surprised. And even even let's say it's not DLSS. Let's say it's mm-hmm. Nintendo. Um, you know, Nintendo comes up with a proprietary upscaling. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, piece of hardware in their revision or an algorithm or something, and they give it a fancy name. They call it. Um, let's say they call it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> the uh, the Princess Peach upscaler, right? Or you know, it's AI upscaling. Let's say they use the Princess Peach method, right? Um, you, you, they wouldn't use it in in handheld mode. I think that's that's wasted processing um, and would also have an impact on battery life. It, it doesn't make sense to me. So I think I think that I would agree with you there for sure. Like I would love to see it there because if you could take those games that are rendering sub 720p and use DLSS to get it up to that resolution, it would just be a fantastic feature but as you mentioned dlss could have a drain on the battery but it also produces a significant amount of heat Mm -hmm. yeah and 
Yes, they could create a shell that somehow redirects the heat away from where your hands will be gripping the system in handheld mode. But I think it'd probably be an area that they try to avoid. Because if we look at the current Switch, one of the reasons they clocked the GPU and the CPU at the levels they are is because heat was a concern. Yep, absolutely. So I would imagine it's going to remain a concern even for a pro. And I wouldn't expect to see DLSS enabled in handheld mode. But like I said, I don't have confirmation or any dismissal of it either. It's just an assumption that we're both making just based on the laws of physics and Nintendo's yeah. mentality. And I can tell you, I, I've I've clocked a switch to, to the max, right? So two gigahertz <laughs> on the CPU and um, 900 and something like 925 megahertz on the GPU. And the fans run at 100% all the time. And it's just hot air coming out of the vent. And trust me, Nintendo does not want that. That's that's not what Nintendo wants at all. Um, they, like you said, they want this to be a great handheld user experience where you get at least a four plus hour session on battery, um, you know, running, playing games. And the system never gets hot in your hand ever. And I think that's that's you know that's what they're going for. Yeah, then that's just I mean that's Nintendo's mentality is they know children are going to be playing it. You don't want to have unnecessary injuries with someone burning their hands or they have the system sitting on their lap and yep. it's melting through their blanket and burning their hips. So I wouldn't expect DLSS in handheld mode as much as I hope it is there. And I'm going to go into this topic because it's something I have seen brought up. I see a lot of people saying, oh, I can't wait to play Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on the Switch Pro and get that resolution boosted up. You have to take a step back and pause. Yes, a Switch Pro can bring FPS and resolution benefits to some of the older software. But the caveat is certain software that is on Switch up to today has a hard cap correct written in the code for resolution and frame performance and this is something you have encountered when you've tried to overclock certain products yep um yeah i've for those people that may not have seen my channel i've done i think i've done about three switch videos where i've overclocked certain games with various levels of success i will say and you're absolutely right, Nate. There, in some cases, there are hard limits as to what can be done. So you're not always going to get just out-of-the-box benefits. And that's when patches need to start being made. And when we start talking about patches, that's a different different conversation because now we're talking about the developer getting involved and coming out with an update to the game that they worked on you know, five years ago, right? Uh, well, four years ago now. So that's that's a different conversation for sure but yes uh, you're absolutely right it's not going to be a i've got new hardware everything is going to run faster um some things will take advantage <laughs> of it nintendo will probably you know they'll bring out first party patches for for a lot of their things i would think to take advantage of, of newer hardware but some games just won't get updates at all and and if you think of a game like bloodborne on the ps4 we're all waiting for that patch right that patch that may come one day or may never come. And I think that's how you have to think about um, the Switch revision as well in this instance. 
the elusive 60 frames a second bloodborne patch yes one day <laughs> one day <laughs> we'll see we'll see and yeah i've seen a lot of people like oh i'm gonna be able to play Breath of the wild one with dlss like no it, it doesn't work that way you won't As- but you'll be able to run through uh kakariki <laughs> uh, village um at a decent clip right i mean it's it's going to yep. it's going to boost areas it's going to smoothen out frame rates and and hopefully give you a a nice smooth 30 fps experience everywhere which is which is great right, right. but if you're looking for 60 fps breath of the wild no nintendo will have to patch right and you know there's still going to be plenty of good benefits just don't go in expecting that you're going to be rendering Xenoblade Chronicles 2 with DLSS to get this nice clear 4K image. That would re- require a patch. And you don't know if Nintendo plans that type of patch for that type of game at this time. So some of those expectations do have to be scaled back a bit. Don't be expecting DLSS to be the cure-all you know, magic bullet of your software woes with the Nintendo Switch. It can be utilized in great ways with new software and software with it being designed in mind. But your existing catalog of games right now, you may not see those benefits at all Yeah. in terms of DLSS. But frame rate and other resolution increases just from the hardware itself. Yes, there will be cases where a game is going to run better. It's going to look better. And that's something you can look forward to, but it still comes down to what is the hard cap that the code has in store. Yep. Now, one thing, I want to talk about release and announcement timing for this product, because this is going to be, this is tricky. So I'm going to approach it in two ways. We're going to start with the idea that the Digital Foundry revision is one model and then we have the DLSS model as a second and then we're going to talk about it as though there is no standard revision there is just the pro so if Nintendo does have just an OLED revision based on the Bloomberg article itself of June production begins when do you think Nintendo would announce it or would they pull a V2 red box switch and it just appears on store shelves one day. Um, I think that they would announce this. I think OLED is is enough of an up, upgrade to you know to warrant some marketing around it. I think you know. I mean, that would be something that would get people excited that there is a new screen because not everyone likes the the current Switch display. Um, it's definitely getting a little bit dated now. There's, you know, there's there's some um, lag and, and things like that, that that go with it as well. So I think Nintendo would market it if it was just a, a new Switch with an OLED display. Having mm-hmm. said that, when would they do it? I mean, that's a great question. Um, obviously, it's something that they would be gearing up for the holidays. But when do you kind of announce it? I mean, it might be around the same time as when they announced the Switch Lite um, a couple of years ago. But it's very, very difficult to, to kind of speculate. I'm thinking about... Um, they're big games that are coming out at the end of this year. And I mean, what would it coincide with? Would there be a special edition or a limited edition um, switch to go with it? I mean, all those things um, kind of enter my mind, but honestly, I think it would be, um, you know, a, a September timeframe for me, I think, or uh, September, October is what I'm thinking of 
but that is purely a, a guess with with really not much inf- you know other information to, to to back it up with yeah if i operate purely on the bloomberg article of a just an oled revision you would anticipate a september back half of september yeah. launch early october launch maybe in time with pokemon diamond and pearl remakes possibly yep try to position it with them but yeah i guess you would announce those around july i believe july is when they announced the switch Lite. Mm-hmm. so if they were to market it that's when i would anticipate that type of product now before we talk about option two mm-hmm. how how hyped do you think that announcement would be i think it would be a very mundane announcement that's what I would think too. I mean, it would be cool, right? Like for for tech heads like you and me, we're like, oh, great, yeah. you know, new hardware. But for the average person, why do they even it, care about this? See, that's actually my one holdup of the idea that they introduce this type of revision in its own. Because if it's just, hey, we have a brand new screen, it's slightly bigger. It's just kind of like that's neat. Yeah, tech heads like us will buy it just out of the curiosity of let's see how that OLED screen looks compared to our launch day switch. Yep. And, you know, we'd reap those benefits. But for the mass consumer, OLED doesn't mean anything. Right. You have to, like, sell that to the person. I guess you say, oh, it's a bigger screen. Okay. And I guess it'd be marketed towards older people of, hey, bigger screen, better colors, better crisp image, better graphics. Nice. But if I already have a switch, I guess it'd kind of be like, oh, my launch day switch is getting a little old. I'm going to do a pre, I'm going to trade this in. I'll get this newer model, has the bigger screen, has the better screen. But the announcement itself certainly wouldn't be treated as any massive revealing. It would just be kind of like, hey, we have another SKU coming out later this year. Yep. What, what, if, it, it. what if it goes another way? What if it's the we're still on option one here the um the current revision hardware with an oled screen what if they they kind of it's not a silent revision but what they say is they don't announce anything in july or june what they do is they announce the diamond and pearl special edition switch with a larger screen that would be a a hype announcement wouldn't it i think it would be a hype announcement because of the actual like bundle itself. Yeah. Not so much the hardware. You could bundle it with a Switch Lite right now and it would get people excited, be like, oh, sweet. Especially if you did a theme with the hardware itself. So, yep. I mean, if I'm Nintendo, you kind of have a marketing challenge up ahead. Mm-hmm. If you are just going to introduce a slightly larger screen that happens to be OLED, but then at the same time, lurking in the shadows is this new Nintendo Switch or Switch Pro. Now, let's for this option, let's say that does launch this holiday. Nintendo pulls off a miracle. Ooh. In November, they launch this new hardware. I hope they um, they <laughs> know how to defeat the scalpers because I don't know how many people can go <laughs> through that again. Yeah, that's, that's going to be brutal for everyone looking for a new console when the scalpers get their hands on Nintendo's new hardware. Maybe they'll be tricked <laughs> by the OLED model when they won't chase the actual <laughs> revision. <laughs> but if, now if you're Nintendo, like, hey, we just introduced this new 
bigger screen one, but now we actually have a pro version. Do you announce them side by side or do you kind of wait? Because you don't want to hurt your sales of your current model yeah. by saying we have a better one. Right. You want to limit that window as small as you can to like maybe two months. So if you introduce it in, I mean, let's say November in time for the holidays, if you're announcing it in September, right around the time we're saying that this other revision could launch, yeah. how much hype would there really be for that OLED revision knowing it has to compete with this superior model? Not much. Yeah, I mean... The timing just doesn't make sense to me and like as we're as we're kind of quarterbacking this whole thing this playbook right that that may may or may not happen it just doesn't feel right that there's going to be a current revision with a new screen and then a new revision of the hardware like i just feel like it's one and the same really we're talking about the same thing because that would really, it would make it very difficult for Nintendo to, you know, to market market um, both the OLED screen revision and the new Switch as well. Because what mm-hmm. do you put again? You know, what do you put up with the new Switch revision for this holiday? You know, like do you put the Pokemon games again? Because you could play that on a Switch Lite and and have just the exact right. same experience on as you would on on new revision hardware. So I do feel like Nintendo has to I'm not necessarily saying launch it with um a, you know a, a new game, but it has to be around that launch window where there are, you know, games being made for the system. So See, now- I, I don't know like I don't think Christmas uh, holiday season this year is is when this new revision's coming. Like I know the Bloomberg article mentioned that was the hope, but right. I it, for me it just feels like this is a 2022 thing, uh, and it always has been. See, you could launch the OLED revision, let's say October again, but now if the Switch Pro doesn't come out till March mm-hmm. of 2022, you announce it first week of february last week of january now you gave the oled model room to breathe you sold them for christmas you let the first month of the year come and now you introduce the new model coming out in six weeks yep. maybe seven now you don't really have that overlap that's true yeah you're probably gonna have limited supply of the switch pro in march and the people who are going to be really running to that unit are people like us. We're yep. early adopters. We're going to buy it. We're going to see what all the fuss is about, see what DLSS is on a actual console, not just PC. We're going to see those gains in performance, see how Breath of the Wild 1 works before we get to play Breath of the Wild 2. All those little things, the curiosities of gaming, we're going to satisfy. I can see Nintendo do that route if there are indeed two individual revisions Mm -hmm. one for holiday one early next year close out your fiscal year but that's a lot of hardware and we know the pandemic is impacting supply lines yeah i don't know if you could feasibly do both i don't know if you could either you know and that's the other thing to remember is mariko that came out for a specific reason and 
the biggest one was the security issues, right? That that plagued the yes. original Switch. There's probably about 18 million Switches out there that can be hacked, and there's no way to patch those things because um, it's a hardware flaw with, with the hardware. Now, Nintendo came out with Mariko to plug that hole, and they've been successful in doing so. And as we've seen, you know, 80 plus million units later, the number of hackable switches out there is pretty tiny. That, that percentage is, is shrinking every single day as more and more people just buy switches that have the Mariko revision in them. So that was that was done for a specific reason to, you know, to, to, to you know, patch that loophole, but also to provide a better battery life as well. So does the OLED, you know, other than a nicer looking screen and a bigger screen, what does the OLED give us? You know, what does the OLED give the, just the, the person that has a, a switch today over, um, you know, something that Nintendo most definitely had to, you know, to fix themselves? I'd say the real only appeal of the OLED screen, if we are viewing it as, you know, the digital foundry speculation video is, it's it's just that it's a new screen. It's a bigger yeah. new screen with yeah. higher quality. Otherwise, there is no real benefit from that. It's still the same internals. It's still the Tegra X1. Even if they said we upclocked it a little bit more because maybe we have a slightly better battery efficiency from the OLED screen, and it's unlikely that they probably will even do that, but they could. We can't dismiss the possibility, even if there's 1% chance of this happening. Kind of like the, what was it, the PSP. Yeah. One was slightly clocked higher, so games like God of War, Ghost of Sparta, mm-hmm. ran yep. at a higher res- uh, higher frame rate. Let's say, you know, if that's the benefit, you may get a couple of double dippers here or there, but it's really, it's still not a significant thing. Is it possible that, what about option C, and, and this is, this is a little out there, but but bear with me here. So, is it possible that they don't announce the new screen initially? But this is how this is how it plays out. They announce the new revision of the hardware for the holiday, and I just kind of am contradicting everything I just said. But let's assume they announce a new revision <laughs> hardware for the holiday, which has the OLED screen. But mm-hmm. they also say, and every Switch model in 2022 will um, come standard with that new screen. So they're they're basically telling you that, hey, we're going to add the new screen into um, any new Switch that you buy, you know, in 2022 and beyond. I can see something like that happen. Just kind of like, yeah, this is our, this is our, this is how we're moving forward. Yep. Everything moving forward is going to have OLED, even the light. Standard switch. Like you Boom. think about apples, right? Like i iPhones and iPads, and so, I'm, I'm I'm not an Apple guy, but you know when they announced the Retina screens, they kind of made a point that it had a Retina display, right? You know what I mean? So yes. I could see Nintendo marketing, you know, an OLED display as as part of their plans. Um, it's just it's it's just really um, how deep they want to go with that marketing around it whether they a don't even tell you and just give it to you which is very very possible, possible. b they they kind of tell you as just a bullet point um 
on on you know on a Nintendo Direct or something, or they kind of go all out and say, look, we got a we got a new Switch here that's exactly the same Switch experience, but it has a bigger screen and it's going to look a lot better with uh, thanks to a new OLED display, which they could they could do that too. Um, it's very very difficult to know which way they go. Yeah, I mean they could go really. It could go any of those options. It depends on how they really want to market it and how they want to position it. If they are saving significant money on the display, then this is absolutely going to be the standard for all their models moving forward. Yeah. And the current switches that they are selling are just going to be phased out and replaced with this one. Mm -hmm. And that would probably then have them position the Switch Pro as that premium product. You put a price tag on it of $350 maybe 399 right it has the oled display seven inches the 4k dlss functionality this is the yeah big boy right to the other two models and that's where let's say now the only product they're working on is the switch pro we still look at the bloomberg article as a a clue how production would go Mm-hmm. When, if you do begin production in July, but the release isn't until early 2022, when would you announce this product? You don't want to interfere with your holiday. You don't want to limit sales of the holiday season by informing the customer that something better is on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't do it this year, right? This would be a Nintendo Direct type deal um, early next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's how I would see this going. Um, I don't know if they've done directs in January, but you know that may be they may do it right at the end of January, you know, and and have it ready for March to, to sell um, retail. I could see that potentially being an option, but yes, you're right. They they wouldn't want to disturb the landscape of 2021. Um, by announcing, you know, this model in, in that scenario, because I feel like that, yeah, I mean, you're kind of cannibalizing your own hardware line at that point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I want to touch on is, as I have said, and others have reported, dev kits for the new SOC 4K DLSS machine are in the hands of select developers. Let's assume that as of this moment of March 8th, it's only in the hands of bigger studios. What type of time frame is a developer typically given with a dev kit to anticipate software for, let's say, launch window? Because if we assume worst case scenario, the Switch Pro doesn't launch until next March, this is a year. Yeah. Yeah, given a year with a dev kit to prepare software, I'd say that feels quite generous. I think a year would be okay. Um, it all it all depends on the title as well. So, let's say they were bringing a title forward to the new revision with some enhanced features, like what we see with, you know, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X titles. Yes, absolutely, absolutely doable, right? So let's pick a pick a title, right? Let's say, and I'm not, I don't know anything. Uh, so if anyone's listening, <laughs> this is not anything. Please do not quote me. But let's say Doom Eternal, right, <laughs> is one of those games that they they okay. they enhance, right? Um, they give it mm-hmm. they give it 60 frames and they um, add some really cool new features. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be enough time to get the game enhanced, um, get it through lot check, maybe add the, you know, the DLC packs, the, the you know, the pack one and two that, that they've got out. Um, just, you know, make a nice bundle and have it ready to go. I think that is more than appropriate. Um, another scenario where I would say, yes, it's appropriate is if that particular studio is working on was working on switch hardware to begin with and they already have i'll say a build of that game but it's not necessarily meant for the switch itself it was meant for um you know the the revision and they get hands on their dev kits and now they basically have to retarget their game to the new model then yes i would say a year is appropriate there as well where it may not be appropriate is if they're given a switch dev kit or a, sorry, a switch revision dev kit and they don't have anything. And they're basically starting from scratch on, on something new that would be very aggressive to me. But again, it also depends on the title, right? If it's an indie studio that has a smaller um, game concept uh, that, that they've worked on, maybe they have a prototype already. Maybe they already have some code running on the PC I could see that too, but if it's a triple A studio, um, you know, if it requires, we'll say Unity or Unreal Engine, then I would say maybe a little aggressive in that in that regard. So, if you had to extrapolate just a general time frame of, based on this, developers have a dev kit as of now. What would be the earliest you could see a product or hardware launch? based on this information um i would say yeah i would say 10 to 12 months would be the earliest and okay so i'm also considering 2022 yeah i think so nate i mean i'm also thinking about lot check as well um and getting the game through cert right so Mm Yeah, unless there's a fast track to to doing things faster that I'm not aware of, um, I can only go on my experiences that I have and and what I've seen um, working um, as, as a game dev, and it's definitely a process, right? So probably 2022 is when I would start to expect um, you know titles for the new revision. Okay, because I mean the thought has crossed my mind. As we've seen, you know, the talk, oh, it's in the hands of more developers now. But I mean, some I, people. I guess the other thing is, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I mean, we don't know. I mean, you know, you're saying that, that, um, that, you know, some studios or a studio, um, has a Switch Revision dev kit. We don't know how long they've had them for, right? Um, Correct. like Nintendo could have tapped these people 18 months ago and said, look, we need you to start working on 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 some new games, um, and if you think about someone like Blue Point that did Demon Souls for the PS5, it's very clear to me that they were working closely with Sony for a long time to get that game ready for launch. Right, so um, I could see that that scenario repeating as well. Right, so it's not a case of Nintendo hands you a dev kit and then they're like, okay, now let us know when you got something in 12 months. I think in this particular scenario, Nintendo may be working closely with that studio, making sure they have everything that they need to, you know, to basically get, get their stuff up and running as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's just say developers started getting their kits in February of this year, 
just as a random month. Yeah. Nintendo would obviously give them a general window of their anticipated release of the product. Yes. They come in and say, hey, we're targeting a launch of late 2021, early 2022, just as a window. What would be the absolute latest you could see Nintendo really giving them time? You really think they could say, here we are, February 2021, Here's a development kit. We're targeting spring 2023 mm-hmm. for a launch. Mm-hmm. Would that be a discussion that realistically could happen? Yes, I think it could. Um, for 2023, I think that could, that could happen. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a large window. <laughs> it, it is a very large window, but I, I, I could see that. Um, I could see that happening. But obviously, I mean, it all, it, as you were mentioning earlier, it depends on the game. It also depends on the hardware that Nintendo is bringing. Like, at the start of a new generation with brand yeah. new hardware, you want to give as much time as possible to really yeah. get familiar with those tools and stuff like that. But since we're talking about a revision or a Switch Pro, right? you wouldn't go on that far of that spectrum. You'd likely rein it in to a smaller time frame. Yeah, and you would think... You would think if you were talking about a revision that the dev kit itself wouldn't really be that different from the existing dev kit as far as, mm-hmm. you know, there wouldn't be any radical changes that were made, right, um, where code had to be refactored or anything. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible, but I, I do think that this would be something that Nintendo would be working very closely with that studio on to ensure that, you know, they were getting everything that they needed. Because, like, if if someone handed me a, a Switch Pro revision dev kit and said, mm-hmm. work on a game and have it ready for next year, um, I would be like, um, yeah, I don't know if that's feasible. You know, like, that, <laughs> that would be my honest, my honest response. Like, I don't know if I would have enough time to do that. But if... If Nintendo was working closely, you know, with me um, on on everything and giving me basically everything I needed and answering all the questions I had, it's possible. You know, it's definitely possible that that we could, you know, we could get something up and running for then for sure. Yeah, I mean, as as I've said, it's supposed to be a brand new SOC. Yeah. So it's not going to be based on the Tegra X1 that the current Switch is using. So there would be there would be some form of learning curve for the new SOC. I mean, it'd still be ARM-based, but it would come down to documentation provided by Nintendo and NVIDIA, and then you familiarizing yourself with the features, be it DLSS, or any potential new features that it could introduce. Yeah. So So it is based on the information. I mean, I know people are trying to look at, you know, they're looking at the Bloomberg article, and they're trying to gauge, well, if developers do have the kits, when are we realistically going to see some real detailed leaks? Right. From- and, and that's the thing. Like, we we don't know when they got kits. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Bloomberg article kind of makes you think they just got them or something, you know, or maybe they've only had them for a little, for a little while. But, you know, some studios may have had kits for a lot longer than we think. Um, or... You know, go, going back to the previous Bloomberg article, being told that we need, you know, you need to start getting your games 4K ready. You know, there's there's a lot to right. lot to digest there and a lot to think about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, if there are going to be leaks from it, 
it's it won't happen until it's in the hands of a lot i think yeah I, I i think um just like the switch light there was you mm-hmm. know leaks around that photographs and stuff which all ended up being quite accurate i think it'd be a similar thing you know once it starts getting in in the hands of um manufacturers and 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 whatnot we'll start to see more of this coming out but look i would expect to see information over the summer on, on this on this hardware um coming up and i think we'll we'll see some drip feeding of information whether it's leaks or if, where, whether it's you know new reports from bloomberg but i do th- expect to see that you know there's there's going to be um a revision of, of the hardware coming up yes it's really it's not a matter of if it's really a matter of when yep. and it's just when are we going to get it officially when are we going to hear official information when are we going to see a lot more leaks with more of the finer details regarding it i've have essentially said as much as i'm comfortable saying about the hardware at this time which is it's a new soc it has 4k functionality and that is 4k is achieved via dlss it is not a native 4k piece of hardware that's as far as i'm willing to go at this time eventually somebody will come out with the details detailing ram cpu clock speed gpu clock speed the exact architecture that will come out in time it's just a matter of when will it come out and Typically, when we see leaks that detailed, it's when dev kits are in the hands of yes every developer out there. Yes, and someone has leaked that information um, at that point. Yes, and I've seen some say, "Well, how come no one has that? How come no one has come forth with that information yet publicly?" That's the NDA working. Yeah, That's absolutely. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, there's only a, a a very select few that that are privy to this information right now. And yes. uh, I will tell you, as a Nintendo developer, I'm not in that group of people. I don't know anything about this stuff. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at some point, this information will be shared with the larger community, dev community, and it's inevitable. And unfortunately, you know, Nintendo will try to mitigate it, but, you know, information about the hardware will come out at that point. But usually what they do is it won't be, that you know, they'll they'll probably let, let devs know maybe just a little before letting the public know. Um, so they try to mitigate that as, as best they can. And they did a very similar thing with the Switch Lite, um, if you recall that, back in 2019. Yes, I believe the Switch Lite, aside, I mean, it had already leaked due to manufacturing photographs, but I believe it was a case that some developers weren't briefed on the Switch Lite revision until around late May, early June, and it was officially announced in July. So that was a very limited window of time between developers being informed about it and the general public. Yep. So, I mean, in this case of the Switch Pro, since we're talking about a more significant revision, there would be a significant amount of time here. So people just, you know, you have to be patient if you're waiting for more information. And one thing I do want to touch on is I've seen, as we touch on like, the release timing and such, supply chains, especially for brand new hardware, you typically try to begin production six, five to six months in advance of a launch because you don't just ramp up production at a million units a month immediately. You start at a smaller number, a couple hundred thousand, and then you increase to half a million, and then you eventually hit one million a month. 
this takes time. This is a long period of time to get to that outflow of units. And that's what's caused me such hesitation when I look at the Bloomberg article of saying, we're going to begin that production in July and have the Switch Pro ready for this holiday because it's just not going to be a lot of units and it's in Nintendo's interest not to have a shortage of supply. Right. But at the same time, you're not going to sit on stock for three months if you want to launch it then in the you know, early 2022. You're not going to sit on three, four, five million units while producing additional several million units. That's my one hesitation with that report. And that's the that's kind of the one thing that I look at and say, you know, maybe the digital foundry speculation does have ground. Maybe that does have merit because that type of timing begins to make sense when I look at it that way. But the article in Bloomberg could just be a best case scenario. We're hoping to do the screens in July or in June, get to assemblers in July and start cranking out units. We don't know how supply chains are going to look in six months. Yep. Agree. I mean, you know, I'm I'm here for it. Let's let's see what what Nintendo gives us. Um, Absolutely. All I can all I can say is, you know, they've surprised us before, and they could surprise us again. So I, I don't really know what what we're going to see. But <laughs> I I mean I, I feel I feel very confident. I'll say ninety five percent confident that it is new revision with with mm-hmm. um, enhanced enhancements. Right to just to add enough of a performance boost to to bring it to we'll say 2021 standards um especially with people that have 4k televisions that that want to take advantage of a better image um and not lose any performance out of that in fact getting better performance from you know from their switch hardware yes yeah as i said earlier in the episode i am still 100 percent steadfast that a new nintendo switch switch pro whatever you want to brand it as is coming it has 4k functionality it has dlss that is happening the digital foundry speculation video does not negate that we are simply talking about two different products and neither one erases the other so don't view them as the same product yeah there is just that possibility there are two revisions planned and I just happen to know about the one that has a dev kit because the other one wouldn't require one. One other real quick thing that I wanted to bring up with you is the exclusive game discussion. So <laughs> your name has been quoted on many media outlets as in Nate Drake. And yes. there's been talk that uh, there is an exclusive game in the works. Now, before mm-hmm. I ask you, you know what can you tell me about that what is the information that 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 i've been reading on these websites because a lot of it is talking about a triple a title which is not accurate i don't believe that you ever said that so what can you say about the exclusive game and, and the information that you've heard around that right i have not said if it is a big third party game i have not said if it is a triple a third party game all i've said is that the Switch Pro will have exclusive games, especially from third parties. It may just be a very limited select number of games, but from the projects I have been made aware of, these were games that the publisher and developer wanted to bring to Switch. The hardware was simply too limited to allow the project to proceed. 
along comes the Switch Pro. It has better hardware. And now they are targeting that with these projects. So when I say exclusive for Switch Pro, what I'm saying is these are projects that may be on other platforms. It may already be on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PS5, Series X, PC. And they wanted to bring it to Switch, simply could not, so now it's coming to the Switch Pro. I'm not talking about Switch Pro exclusive right. in the sense of it's on nothing but Switch Pro. Right, right, right. It's just Switch Pro exclusive when it comes to the Switch family of products. Yep. Got it. I mean, and, and look, I, I don't know any specifics here, but it does make sense to me. You know, if if there are studios that do have new dev kits and they are working on titles for the new hardware then yes i mean that that makes total sense to me um will they then go back and 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 make a we'll say a base switch version of the game possibly but um that does remain to be seen i guess so i i see what you're saying and i do appreciate you clarifying that because man i was reading um all sorts of different websites on the weekend and i was just reading things about a triple A exclusive Switch only or Switch Pro only game and what's it gonna be and, and Nintendo's working on a Switch Pro exclusive game and all this stuff that I could just tell that was just being completely just false, right? Not even taken out of context, just yeah. false information. So um I did want to get yeah. you know your your take on that. Yeah, that stuff is completely false information. It's more in line with what we saw with the new 3DS, where you had Minecraft was yep. exclusive to the new 3DS. Well, Minecraft was on a whole bunch of other platforms before it came to the new 3DS. It's what I'm aware of is more along those lines. I am not privy to information whether or not Nintendo could eventually bring a first party game exclusive to the Switch Pro, you know, and we're talking 2023, 2024. Mm-hmm. I'm not privy to that type of information now. We're in March of 2021. And if, you know, third parties do eventually bring a third party game that's exclusive to the Switch Pro and no other platform, that it could happen. Yeah. But again, the product hasn't been officially announced. We are in the first half of 2021. No one can predict the future that far down the line. I can only speak of the projects I'm aware of. And yes, at the current time, these projects are being made exclusively with the Switch Pro in mind and not the current switch and it's really just a hardware limitation yep well said we can now move into some of the streamlab questions of the last week there are many of those and we will begin with a question from network is fine and they write my question is this what is the advantage disadvantage of x86 versus ARM when developing or porting gaming? Or another way of putting it, what advantages do the layouts of the chips help gaming? The reason why I bring this up is two reasons. One, in my chemical engineering past, I produced chips and I have no idea what I am producing. And two, the M1 chip we previously talked about can now emulate the switch. What gives? What is better for games? x86 is better for games in general uh arm is really more i guess more efficient and it can be faster overall but x86 has been around for a long time 
the Xbox and the PlayStation obviously use x86 architecture. PC games obviously use x86. I think overall, um, you know, it's it's the superior architecture when it comes to gaming. We then had a dollar donation from Togi, who writes, Hi, the reveal of Splatoon 3 still confuses me. I thought I thought Nintendo avoided competing over online player bases with themselves. Just look at Mario Kart 8. Do you think that Splatoon 3 will be worth the extra investment for Nintendo compared to more DLC for Splatoon 2? Splatoon 3 is definitely a unique case because we don't see Nintendo launch sequels to such products on the, during the same generation of hardware. Could it have been DLC? You know, we really don't know the scope of Splatoon 3 just yet. It feels as though Splatoon 3 is looking to expand in numerous ways, and this could be the speculation, but Splatoon 3 could be positioned as a significant Switch Pro title. I was about to say the same thing. It could it could be yeah. a part of their plans for the new revision. I think that's kind of how I'm seeing that title be positioned as Nintendo. They may not market the Switch Pro as a successor, but they might roll out software that is compatible with the current Switch and the Switch Pro in a way of this is an iterative successor similar to the mobile route. We don't know that for sure, that speculation, but it feels like that's why Splatoon 3 is being handled as a true mainline, mainline entry rather than Nintendo doing more DLC. Because when you look at Splatoon 2, they shut down those Splatfests awfully quick. They could have continued those for another couple of years. And the fact that they prematurely closed off that content was definitely surprising to some people. Yeah. And I mean, this is why, because they were making Splatoon 3. So we, it's definitely a title we have to pay close attention to because they are going to have to show a lot of meaningful upgrades, meaningful new content to probably persuade some of that base to buy into Splatoon 3 and give up on Splatoon 2. So they have a challenge ahead. We then had a $5 donation from Mr. Worldwide. Right, we always talk about Nintendo America, Europe, and Japan in game discussions, but I'm surprised about the lack of discourse on Asia, especially South Korea, India, and China. Would love to have you both discuss the Asian market with Daniel Ahmad. We have had Daniel on the show before when we were talking about the pricing of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X, and that is definitely a topic we could have him come on to discuss further if people would like to hear more about the Asian and upcoming markets in that region. Then had a dollar donation from Jackie G. When is the long-awaited episode of Nate the Hate on Super Mario Sunshine? Every episode (laughs) is my hate of Mario Sunshine. (laughs) One day, maybe I'll start that game up in the 3D All-Stars collection and I'll stream it on a Twitch channel. March the 31st. <laughs> it can die with the game. <laughs> we then had a $2.36 donation from The Real Kiri. Writes, 23rd of June is Sonic's 30th anniversary. Do you think we'll get any new game announced for this year or 2022. I'm laughing. And do you I'm, think- I'm laughing because haven't we had this question before, like <laughs> pertaining to a previous anniversary? And all we got was like 
a couple of <laughs> gifs or something to download. Yeah, Sega Sega last year was like, we're going to make Sonic big deal this year. And then they're like, never mind. We're just not going to do it anymore. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm, I, I'm definitely not, um, you know, trying to be, uh, you know, trying to be a dick about <laughs> it, but I, I've given up wondering what the next Sonic game is going to be. Like, they've had every opportunity to, to give us something good. You know, we've talked about maybe they could um, announce the Sonic um, adventure collection with one and two as a nice little double pack that would be really cool for the fans um, make a new um, Sonic game based on the uh, Sonic Mania game uh, as a sequel or something I mean they, 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 they've got so much they could potentially do with, with the Sonic franchise and it just just makes me sad thinking about it because they've really done nothing with it for a long time that's true but the question also continues and they said do you think we'll get a 3D collection? Generations also turns 10 this year. Cheers from the UK and keep up the great work, lads. Well, I already said my I would ex- What do you think? You do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get some sort of Sonic announcements, a collection of some sort, whether it's Adventures or another title. I think we'll see some sort of Sonic announcement take place in June. I hope Maybe so. Maybe we'll get Sonic Mania too. Make it happen. <laughs> then had a $10 donation from Mirage, who writes, Retro Studios helped make Mario Kart 7, and there are rumors of Mario Kart 9 coming this year. Star Fox GP was also said to be a retro game in development a few years ago. Could they be helping with Mario Kart 9, and could it be a Nintendo IP crossover? Retro is definitely busy with Metroid Prime 4, could they be helping with a new Mario Kart or a Nintendo crossover style kart? Only if it was pure asset help. Because with Mario Kart 9, they assisted in designing a couple of the tracks. I believe they were the Donkey Kong theme tracks. But I would say Retro is far too busy on other projects to probably lend any meaningful assistance on a new Mario Kart or new racing IP from Nintendo. But they may be giving some asset support, but just in a limited capacity. I would say all hands on deck are on Metroid. Yes. <laughs> we then had a $5 donation from Poson Theri, who writes, keep up the fantastic work, guys. I love the show. I'm in the market for a new TV. Do either of you have any suggestions? Thanks. Well, we don't really know your budget, so it's very difficult to recommend um, a new TV. So I would say let us know what you're looking to spend because, I mean, it's easy to decide to get the LG CX, which is kind of the new TV that will support, you know, um, variable refresh rate and an HDMI 2.1. But if you've only got a, a budget of, we'll say, between $500 and 1000 then I would recommend something else for you. So let us know what, what your budget is. We then had a $25, $25 donation from Zadia Quest. No question. Then had a dollar donation from Liam Werner, who writes, I asked this on Spawncast, but has there ever been a time where you got inside information on something early where you wish you hadn't to get that live reveal of shock and surprise. 
Also, does getting inside info ever get tiring or take away industry hype? Um, I mean, I've been involved in this industry in some capacity since 2004. So I became jaded with the idea of industry hype and reveals probably in 2007. Um, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. If I have inside information, it's typically information I don't share publicly. And it's usually just, it's conversations I have with the individuals who shared it with me, be it developers, publishers, developers, you know, whatever their field may be. It's just, we have conversations about it and we share the excitement of the upcoming reveal to see how the general public will react to it. I think that's where I get a lot of my hype from is to see how people are going to respond to the announcement itself as opposed to sitting in front of my computer and watching E3 and getting hyped for a GIF that says <laughs> Metroid Prime 4. That just that doesn't get me excited anymore. I'd rather know Metroid Prime 4 was going to be announced at the show so I could see how people are going to respond to the announcement than the announcement itself. Yeah, and for me, this is a tough one because... Uh, I do work in game development. I do work for a studio. And look, I'll be honest with you. I, there's some things that I know that, that the general public don't, right? Um, but for me, it's not about the hype, right? It's, you know, it's about my job. You know, like if I if I start leaking things, um, I'm going to get fired, right? That's, that's the end of it. So, um there's really no re- you know there's no reason for me to ever do that and and there's no reason for me to ever get hyped about announcements but going back to what you said Nate if it's you know if it's an E3 thing or if it's a Metroid Prime thing or something like that then that's a different thing i mean we can we can sit there and, and get hyped together on on some some information or some leak or something but you know if it's anything that pertains to what i'm doing or or my world around me um, I'm not going to leak any information out to anyone because ultimately it's just a bad thing to do. Um, I I would immediately feel regret. I wouldn't feel any hype around it. You know, even if I knew something really juicy, I'd just be wondering, am I going to have a job next week? You know, if this gets out, if someone, you know, if, if some news outlet picks up on the story um, because ultimately – it doesn't take much to find out where these things come from, you know, if you really start digging. That's true. And that's where a lot of the times if people pay attention to some of the things that I will imply in terms of announcements. I'll give you a time window of, hey, this and this, you know, might be something happening with this soon. I don't look, I don't look to take away the efforts and work that a marketing and communications department have. I want... I still want them to have their moment. I might imply, oh, something's going to happen with, say, you know, as an example, life is strange soon. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you exactly what the announcement is or when it's happening. I'm just going to say that. That way, all those people who worked hard on that marketing and the communications to get that actual reveal done, they have their moment. They are able to deliver it and they get excited for that. I'm not looking to take that away for a person. I just want to, I want to build some anticipation for the fans and the community of saying, hey, look forward to this to happening. And then when it happens, I didn't spoil it for you, nor did I spoil it for a publisher or a marketing department. Instead, it's I built anticipation with the fans to look forward to what the 
marketing department has created for them, and then everyone involved gets to celebrate. Then had a $25 donation from Calvin Atkinson, who writes, after Hyrule Warriors and Persona 5 Strikers were very successful, do you think Koei Tecmo are slowly going to be moving away from the Dynasty Warriors franchise to make more Musou games based on third-party franchises? Reckon it could be Xenoblade Warriors. It's a good pick. Uh, it is a good pick. It's The Dynasty Warriors franchise is very iconic. It's very successful for Koei Tecmo, so I don't think they would move away from it completely. I could see them do more partnerships with you know, console manufacturers, be it Nintendo, or even other third parties to make certain games like the Hyrule Warriors or Persona 5 Strikers style games. But I don't think Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors are going anywhere anytime soon. Those other titles are more complementary to their bread and butter, which are Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warrior games. We then had a $5 donation from Jamox. Right, hey, with Bloomberg reporting that the Switch Pro is coming this year, do you think that Nintendo kept the screen at 720p because of battery? Jeff Grubb on Twitter said so, and that phones with high displays run games at 720p since we do not notice it. Jeff Grubb is right. Phones do run games at 720p and no one notices it. The games are slightly upscaled. And I'm sure battery was a consideration in the decision as well as pricing and numerous other variables that Nintendo weighed. And as we discussed in this episode, technically Bloomberg didn't report the Switch Pro is coming this year. They reported that a new Switch is coming this year. Hence this episode. <laughs> they then had a $3 donation from Jamox again, who writes, hey, with Nintendo finishing... With Nintendo finish, will uh, hey, with Nintendo finishing mining the Wii U for ports apart from the two Zelda HD ports in Xenoblade X, will they struggle to fill out their calendar with games from from next year, or will they have a great late game surge like the PlayStation Four did with Horizon, The Last of Us Two, etc.? And if you really look at some of the Wii U ports, they were kind of just they were filler in the sense of they filled the gap in Nintendo's calendar year, be a month like a January or a February. But I wouldn't be too concerned about Nintendo having software droughts anytime soon. We're right around the time that the developers who were making games in 2017, so games like Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Splatoon, Mario Kart, ARMS, all those developers are right at that point timing where they should have brand new projects being announced and released in the you know anywhere between the next 12 to 18 months so i wouldn't be too concerned about that yep i agree we then had a ten dollar donation from cafe enomine writes if you had to choose between switch xl new switch plus switch deluxe and switch pro which one is the closest to what you have in mind when you think about the next Switch iteration? Switch XL, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. 
Well, I'd say Switch XL if we want to go the route of there just being a OLED revision with the Tegra X1. Wouldn't that be the deluxe though? I don't know. I guess it could be Deluxe or XL. And then yeah. I would do new Switch Plus or Switch Pro with the DLSS functionality. I don't envy the marketing department when it comes <laughs> to Brandos. <laughs> then had a $6.66 donation from Cafe Inomine, who writes, if you had to guess which of the big next installments of the of these franchises will be exclusive to the next Switch iteration, Resident Evil, Dragon Quest, or Xenoblade. If none will be exclusive, in your opinion, just cough three times. <laughs> I could see, I could see Resident Evil getting um, Switch Pro exclusivity. I could see that. Like, I could see them dropping RE2 and. RE3 and um, whatever our other RE games, RE7, you know, possibly, but it also is is one of those things where they need to be very careful, you know, if that's what they're going to do because obviously the, the large percentage of that user base is on the base hardware. So I don't True. know if that makes sense either, but I'm definitely not going to cough three times. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Of those three, Resident Evil would make the most sense. Because Xenoblade, I would imagine Nintendo is going to target the base Switch and the Switch Pro. Same with Dragon Quest. I think Resident Evil would make the most sense. Even though they do have the RE engine up and running on the current Switch, Yep. the Resident Evil games are far more demanding than Monster Hunter Rise or even Ghosts and Goblins. So I think the Resident Evil of those three options has the highest probability chance. Then had a $5 donation from Skit Tittles. Writes, hello, Nate, MVG, and insert guest name here. If Microsoft decided to sell a game on Switch using their own xCloud streaming technology, which game would you guys like to see take advantage of that technology on the handheld? I have a feeling you're going to go with Flight Simulator. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you need you need more you know you need you need some controls, right? So, um, I don't know how that would translate to the Switch X Cloud. I mean, man, I I'm thinking of something something that just you know is not even possible on the Switch. Um, I mean. <laughs> Maybe Hello uh, Halo Anniversary Collection. I mean, I, I don't know. It's the hmm. Gears Gears Five might be um, yeah. might be a good one too. There's, I mean, uh, I'd say Gears Five just because I would love to play the multiplayer on the Switch. Yeah. That would be that would be I pretty would. good actually, wouldn't it? It'd be awesome. That DLC as well would be nice. The Hive Busters. Yeah, Hive Busters right on the Switch. Ooh, that'd be sweet gaming. Then had a $3 donation from Stephen Occupations. He writes, I have begun collecting for the Sony PSP and was wondering if you guys had any recommendations for niche or must-have games that typically fly under the radar. First time ever donate, donating on Streamlabs. Thanks for the great podcast. Um, oh we got this question on the Spawncast um, the other night, I believe. Uh, I would say Untold Legends is a good one. Brotherhood of the mm-hmm. Blade. That is a good game. There's also the Power Stone Collection um, from Capcom. 
which is a good one. Yes. Um, thinking I need to look up the exact title. Castlevania: The Dracula Dracula X Chronicles. Yep, definitely a good. That's one. a game. Not many people seem to discuss when it comes to PSP games, but it is a fantastic Castlevania game if that is your style of game. Um, like Final Fantasy Tactics, The War of the Lions. Yep. Um, the Siphon Filter game is fantastic on PSP. Um, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Um, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. The yep. Third Birthday. Um, Lemmings, Logoroco, Patapon. Yep. Yes, Lemmings, Logoroco, Patapon. Those are all fantastic games. Ultimate Ghouls and Ghosts is a good one. Yes. Well. Oh, sorry, Ghosts and Goblins, I should say. Yep. That's an, any of the Capcom lines of the Ultimate series, Ultimate Mega Man, um, the Power Stone Collection. Yeah. Um, trying to think of some. I mean, underrated PSP games. It's a lot of, I mean, most of the PSP library is underrated. I mean, I definitely think that's but, that's a, a damn good yeah. list to, to uh, start, start taking a look at. <laughs> You've got some yes, real, real amazing games there. Um, but uh, yeah, Twisted I, Metal, head on. Oh, yeah, that's that's a great one too. That's a great that was, one. That was, that was my first PSP game. Uh, let me add a $10 donation from Ocean Man. Hey, guys, what percentage of current Switch owners do you think will upgrade to the Pro? I will likely wait for a next-gen successor, as I personally think pushing for a new game device every three to four years is a bit much. I, I don't know if we it, can we can answer that, like, right now. Like, we don't know mm-hmm. price. We don't know specs, as in, you know, retail specs. And we don't know when it's coming out. So it really depends on, on, on a lot of those things. Um, but if we were just to ballpark guess, I mean, I think there would be at least, I mean, 20 million that would, you know, that would, would purchase this, right? Yeah, I would go in the area of 20 million or so. It's really tough without knowing the pricing and how they are actually going to position it from a marketing and branding standpoint. Because as we have speculated if they want to market this as an iterative successor without flat out saying this is our Switch 2, it would definitely change how the platform is viewed. Or if all of a sudden we're in first half of 2024 and Nintendo rolls out their first Switch Pro exclusive, yeah, then we have a better idea if it's going to be positioned as like a Game Boy Color as opposed to a new 3DS we don't have that information so it's really tough to gauge sales potential if we viewed it strictly as just like a dsi to the ds i'd say 20 to 25 million is definitely a reasonable ballpark to put numbers in if we're looking at something more along the lines of a game boy color to the game boy then those numbers are in a completely different realm than what we're talking about here so this is something this is a kind of a question we would have to come back to in whenever it's actually made official. And that is the last Streamlabs question for this week. If you'd like to support the channel and podcast, we have a Streamlabs link in our description below on YouTube. You can donate any amount, ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. If you donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode 
to you. I'd like to thank my co-host for joining me as always. Thanks for having me on, Nate. It was uh, it was really really good to uh, to go through this stuff with you and and get your story on this because, like I said, I've been reading <laughs> about you on all these websites over the last last week or so, and it's good to get your take on this stuff. It's always fun to go over all this stuff, speculate about some of the possibilities going out there, look at the article, deep dive some of the technology that could be used, and even offer an alternative angle as to how Nintendo may approach the revision and, you know, introduce just an OLED model and then down the line bring about that Switch Pro. So it's definitely fun to go over all of these topics with you as always. And until next week, continue to embrace the hate.